Pull up a stool and pour yourself a pint as you're about to join three intrepid drinkers, Kevin, Justin, and Mark, as they embark on another beer-tastic voyage. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode six of Beer-tastic Voyage. My name's Kevin. This is Mark. And I'm Justin. And it's good to be back with you guys. Hopefully, we've all had a good week. I hope everybody out there listening has had a great uh, week and has maybe got a chance to try a couple of the beers that we've talked about recently. Maybe you went and found some of the Barrage beers, or we had, um, that's it. I mean, we had lots of beers. We had uh, Greenport Brewery was out there. We had um, Port you know, Jeff, Spider, Port Bite. Jeff, Spider Port Bite. Jeff. I mean, Great Bay. the list isn't that long yet, but we've tried quite a few beers. I feel like we've tried quite a few beers already, and hopefully uh, we've encouraged you to go out and try some. And as far as today, we're going to be, again, on Long Island, staying close to home. And this time we're staying really close to Mark's home. If That's you got right. A, if you got a good uh, arm, you could probably hit him with a baseball. But this is a Brickhouse Brewery, a uh, a local brew pub, restaurant, and uh, brewery. Yeah, Mark, you know, uh, tell us a little bit about them. So Brickhouse Brewery is actually the oldest brewery on Long Island. They've been in business since 1996. Okay. And they're one of the first businesses to open up in Patchogue that really started the the renaissance of the the village. Yeah, from what I can tell, it's actually the oldest building. From eighteen, the building itself is from eighteen fifty. Right. It, uh, before the brewery moved in, it used to be a, a general store, basically. And uh, yeah, they've been. I they think they just celebrated their twentieth anniversary, uh, maybe a couple of months ago. They nice. had a, a big old bash for it. I mean, um, for those of you that aren't really familiar with the Patchog area, it used to be a, a not so nice neighborhood. Yeah, where it, you really didn't want to hang out after not after dark, <laughs> but with Brickhouse coming along and some renovations to some new housing there, and a lot of new restaurants and and bars and and all sorts of entertainment facilities, it's really picked up in the past, I'll say, five years, and become a really nice place to hang out. Working over there, I can say that in the last two years in particular, it's gotten incredibly uh, family friendly as well as uh, craft beer friendly. Very oh, absolutely! Friendly. There is um, there's a really good craft beer bar down there that we enjoy, um, and of course we love Brickhouse Brewery, and not just for their beers, but their food there is really tasty too. You want a, a really good burger to go with your beers, like that's a great place and really fairly priced as well. I had lunch there today. Oh, and you didn't even tell me you were going breaking my heart well i brought you beer oh, that you brought the important part at least you didn't drive like 40 miles like i did last week well the fact that you're still harping on this is <laughs> I, i've i've let mine go you need to let yours go that's a you problem not a not a we problem okay i'll, I'll work <laughs> on that for future episodes I, I, i'm trying i'm trying to be caring and sensitive here justin but <laughs> um what fears did you bring back from the the not quite so far reaches of a uh, brick house so uh, because I am so close and such, uh, I went for uh, three of their seasonal releases. So uh, if any of these pique your interest, you better go down there pretty soon and get some while you still can. But we have to taste today their Bricktoberfest, which is their Oktoberfest beer. We have their Squash Buckler, which is their... Uh, Pumpkin beer. I like and, the name of that one. That one's fun. And finally, we have Chai of the Tiger, which is a collaboration with uh, Roast Coffee Company. 
I figure the whistling's better than me singing, but every time I hear the name of that, Chai of the Tiger. And it's probably enough that we won't get sued. I, I didn't say any words. I, I hope we get sued. That means we did something special. It's, it's the shinning lad. <laughs> Shut up. You want to get sued? <laughs> so which one are we going to start off with, Mark? So we're starting off with their Bricktoberfest, which uh, is an unfiltered Oktoberfest-style ale, which I believe means it's a Martzen and not a Fest beer. Now, what would be the difference between the the Fest beer versus a Marzen beer? Fest beers are a bit higher in alcohol. They have a little more hop character, and they're a lot paler in color than the uh, so traditional Martzen. They're party beers. They're it's a it's a festival. Let's get ready to party. Let's get wasted and drink beers. Yeah, I mean, I believe uh, that style developed over the past couple of decades with the just the sheer number of tourists showing up for the Oktoberfest. Right, it's and, it's not uh, exactly the uh, the horse races and the celebration of the Bavarian prince or whatever it is that it used to be. Right, yeah, <laughs> they uh, basically, I believe the brewers have been uh, tailoring their beers more to the people coming in from out of Munich to well, party down. Cash is is king wherever you go. It doesn't it doesn't matter what country, what language you speak. Money is always a good thing. So, um, do you have any stat? What do we have for the stats on this? Do we know any ABVs? Do we know any IBUs? Any other? So it's five point one percent ABV, and uh, it's got thirty-two IBUs. And their description is a uh, toasty, crispy start from uh, Pilsner malt, amber colored ale, a slight haze with multi chewy body from the large amount of Munich and Vienna malt, crisp noble hop finish. All right. Well, now I know that. Pilsner malt is usually a lighter malt, but Vienna is a little darker, right? Yeah, Vienna is roasted a little bit, and Munich is roasted even a little bit further, so those are going to give you uh, those toasty, bready characteristics. And that's what's going to help us get a little bit of, and, of the And that's of what the amber gives color. you that amberish color, correct? Well, looking through some glasses here, um, we decided to repeat with the lovely tulip Snifter glasses because it works so well. It's a really nice amber color. I think that's white in the real house of amber right there. Yeah, little haze to it, but I don't think it's a uh, really not that. Not that what? It's not opaque in the haziness. Like no, you can still see through it a little bit. So yeah, you can see see to the bottom of the glass. Yeah, yeah, but it looks really nice. Smells has a really great malt scent in the nose. Definitely, which. It, it's why I like Martin so much. No, that's the that's the Vienna that you add this that adds the smell, right? It, it's the Vienna and the Munich both, but it it smells delicious. It smells like a really nice beer. One of my favorites for this time for the Oktoberfest season are my box. Yeah, my um, box are. You know, I'm a big fan of the uh, of the Hofbrau, my box. That's that's one that I'll, I'll reach for pretty frequently. But let's take a sip of this guy. And see if it matches how delicious it smells. Yeah, had I uh, while you guys were um, sa- were talking about the color, I, I definitely sampled it a little bit. It's very good, and I'm a little proud of myself because <laughs> I was able definitely to recognize the hop characteristic um, on the finish. The, the, their description of the finish, I think, is spot on. Yeah, it's definitely got a uh, like a sharp bite of hop bitterness at the end. That, that there really isn't any noticeable hop aroma, but you yeah, can that's... definitely taste it. And I I like. 
I think I like this combination better of malt up front and then hop in the back because the malt gives me that sweet flavor that I want to taste and then the hop cleans off the tongue, cleans the palate and gets you ready for the next sip. I agree. It definitely makes me want to uh, keep, keep drinking. drinking. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely come back for another sip of this. Um, you know, we're again, these are coming out of growlers. Um, just now, Mark, we got to make sure. Did you buy these growlers this week? No, I uh, I brought three growlers with me. So uh, first time in a long time that I did not buy more glass. Well, cheers to you not having to suffer the way that Justin and I have in weeks past. And you're the first one that's. Well, I, I know it was a commitment that I was making personally, but I, I mean, if you guys wanted to support me in this, I didn't know if you were going that way or not. But kudos to you for not having to waste more money. <laughs> oh, no, I probably have more glass than both of you combined, I would imagine. Oh, you do. You, ha- you absolutely do. But that doesn't mean it still doesn't happen to you. Oh, no, it, <laughs> it does. <laughs> I am um, for me. I like the multi beginning. The hop on the back for me is a little rough. I, I like it but it's not necessarily going to be something that that's not a quality I look for in a beer. I think, excuse me, the hop on the back is it for me is super harsh. Um, I, I see, you know, to be honest, when I, when I took a sip, it wasn't that harsh, but when I tried to drink a little bit more, especially to kind of finish the glass and get that last one, it was a little harsher on the finish there. Um, maybe that's just volume going across my tongue, but, I think it tasted pretty good. I, I'd i be willing to go back to it. All right, so we're going to move on to their Squash Buckler. Which I just think the name is hysterical. This is one of those names. Again, I've I've mentioned before I'm a big fan of puns, and I think that this might be one of my one of the better ones that I've heard in a while. Yeah, Brickhouse, I think, in particular, as far as the local breweries, does a really good job with uh, the names they give their beers. Now – with the squash, I don't believe that they've done a different kind of squash. It's a pumpkin ale, right? It is, yes. Oh. And as soon as I'm done pouring, I can read you the flavor text. Oh. This is a nice dark amber color. It's got a really, almost a reddish hue to it, but it's a really nice color. Um, reminds me of the color of the leaf pile that I was in love with and still am and holds close to my heart but really not really nice color good little layer of foam on top not a huge head but definitely some foam on top there and lace is really nice on the side of the glasses yeah so this is a pumpkin ale that's made with local honey it's five percent abv and only 12 ibus so probably not a lot of bitterness here and uh, their description for it is a red amber colored ale, spicy rich nose, pumpkin and local honey provide a multi body to support the fresh ginger, allspice nutmeg, and Vietnamese cinnamon. Wow. Vietnamese cinnamon. That's right. All right. Well, so my initial uh, my initial thought is, wow, this is really good. Like I I like the leaf pile. I think that not that they're uh, related, obviously, because this has vastly different ingredients. Um, local with the addition of the honey but it definitely fixes any minor issue i have with the leaf pile i believe it's with that honey it smooths it out a little bit it's a little sweet and i love the allspice loving it yeah this is really good it's got that nose of allspice and sweetness and as i take a sip it is it's fantastic this is this is a really nicely done 
beer. This is tasty. So going back to the uh, picture of the beer menu that I took to reference while we were recording, there is actually an asterisk at the bottom of the description here, and it says that this brew is plenty sweet and spicy, therefore does not automatically come with the traditional cinnamon sugar rim. This is how our brewmaster recommends you drink it. However, cinnamon sugar uh, rim is available upon request. This beer is not on happy hour. So, I mean, I like, so I've met Paul, who's the brewmaster over there. He's a really nice guy, and I admire him for his stance on this subject because it's one of the things that I hate about pumpkin beer as a concept. I... I understand where you're coming from, but I have drank way too many pints of assorted pumpkin beers with the cinnamon and sugar on it that I really enjoy to take any other stance and not be a hypocrite and to say that I like it like that. I I don't think it's necessary, but if you especially if I'm gonna have multiple pints, if you wanna serve me that first pint with some cinnamon and sugar on the glass I'm not gonna be angry at you. I'm. I actually kind of like it. I'm actually going to throw the glass back at you if the second one does not have a sugar rim. Yeah, I think it, that's the fat kid in me. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. I don't think it's ever been necessary for me to enjoy a beer, but um, because I've definitely had it happen where I didn't get it the second time, and you know maybe I was a little sad inside, but I still enjoyed. I usually still enjoyed the beer. I feel like if I'm not enjoying the beer without the sugared rim, right, I probably don't like the beer. I can understand that, but I think that if you take it into consideration and make it a part of the flavor that you're tasting, then that and then and make it and design the beer as it's part of the part of the experience of the taste, I have no problem with that. Yeah, I kind of I'm with uh, Justin on this though. Like, if you can't like, if pumpkin beer is the only beer that you drink, and the only reason you drink it is because you get cinnamon sugar on the rim of it, uh, maybe you need to grow up a little. I'm not. That that's. I think that's a separate argument. I mean, you, you can make the argument that that's all. That if that's just what you, if that's the only beer that you like, you may not really like all. You may not really appreciate beer. That's fine. I'll, I'll accept that argument. But I think to add a add a substance to a glass that changes the flavor of the product that you're drinking and you know and and it's part of what's being composed i understand i understand how they're coming at it with that i think to to sort of uh what i think what it's like is when you go to a really nice restaurant like one of those really nice ones where there's nothing there's no uh, prices on the menu and you take a girl there when you're in college and you go holy crap am i gonna have to wash dishes i that don't do you, that i've been broke forever <laughs> when you go there there's no like salt and pepper on the table i think it's more like in this case paul saying this is how i wanted you to taste it so i think you're right to an extent where if someone took that into account i i, I would wonder though all of the not all the pumpkin beers but maybe some of the breweries that we really respect um do they take that into account or are they doing it because they feel like people expect it yeah people certainly expect it and uh that's you know that's uh i'm extremely happy to see the the little note on their uh beer menu about uh hey how about you try it without the sweet sugar on the glass that, I, again i think we i don't think there's anything that i'm gonna i'm gonna be able to say to you that's gonna convince you otherwise all i'm saying is that i don't i don't despise it i don't have this inner hatred for it that you seem to have 
and I this deep deep seated. See, like my problem is the fact that pumpkin beer, like I should not be able to buy pumpkin beer in August, and then there's Mustache Brewery with the beer that they call Seasonal Creep, which is a pumpkin beer that they release in July. That, that, I think they're doing that as a joke, though. Like, they that's kind they of like, certainly are, but it's not helping the situation at all. And no, it's, it's made hurting. Me bitter. <laughs> okay, it's made you like sort of like Citra hop bitter, like super bitter. The Citra was one of the citrusy oh, ones. Oh, yeah, we liked that. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking. Sorry. Walt, 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 Walt. Okay, listen, get Kevin over there with your employee <laughs> metaphor from last week. At least I was short on my <laughs> terrible joke. <laughs> I think, All right. I think the Pacifica hops are the ones that you were okay, searching for. Fine, okay, fine. Well, you know what? Now, like, I can, now, since I'm the guy who does the editing, I'm not going to roll this back and I'm going to just overlay Pacifica. <laughs> and that's fine. There's a musical interlude here. I don't know why. <laughs> All right. So what's the last beer that we're going to go after here, Mark? So the last beer that we have tonight is Chai of the Tiger, which is a collaboration between Brickhouse and Roast Coffee Company in Patchogue. And it is a beer that is spiced with chai tea. Okay. I'm a little scared of this one. So their description, well, first of all, it's 7.8% ABV. So it's definitely the strongest one we've had tonight. It's got uh, 15 IBUs. It's got a deep red color with a spicy nose, vanilla, and lactose sugar. Ooh. Creates a creamy and chewy mouthfeel, providing a backbone for the chai tea with Vietnamese cinnamon. So there's that Vietnamese cinnamon again. They must have gotten a deal on that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> They're throwing it into two different beers at once. Like, or they just like really found believe- it on the sidewalk out front. They were like, oh my God, it's a bag of Vietnamese cinnamon. Where did this come from? <laughs> if you find the bag on the sidewalk, you know it's actually a sting. You, you can't take that. You can't trust Vietnamese cinnamon just laying around like that. But it's a wonderful color. I think they did a really good job describing the color. It's another dark amber color to it. It's got that, a bit of a reddish hue to it, though. Yep. Um, you know, um, I can almost see through it. I kind of see a shadow on the other side of it. I can't 100% see through it, but you see the shadow moving on the other side. And... Taking a whiff, it definitely has the chai tea smell, the cinnamon smell in there. A little bit of vanilla. Yeah. I definitely taste the yeah, vanilla. Yeah, vanilla coming back in the second smell. I've never, I don't really drink coffee or tea. I have no, like, any bearing on what chai tea tastes like, which is why I was a little scared about this one, because I've had a lot of tea and it, I, I haven't liked it. This is, is pretty good. It's it's very even. It's a very, um, I... I one note comes to mind for me, like the vanilla for me, but it, I don't mean that in a negative way. It's just a very smooth and very even beer. I'm, I mean, I had a sip here, and I'm a little unsure of what I'm tasting. I It doesn't taste the same way it smells, but I'm going to go back for one more and kind of see if I can get a little more in there. Yeah, as I'm drinking it, I'm uh, noticing the astringency from the tea a little bit more. And it's kind of, to me, and uh, I don't know. I'm not sure if I like it yet or not. Yeah, uh, it's got a little, like, almost like a black tea kind of flavor in there that you taste. Is that, like, that's that's kind of what I'm feeling. Almost, yeah, it kinda, almost how in other beers we taste the lingers, coffee. Yeah, it lingers in my mouth a little bit after I swallow. Yeah. It's, it definitely it sticks for me. I, it, yeah. I, it's 
completely the hole inside of my mouth is this right now. Yeah, you can't taste anything else, and I feel almost like I the I'm surprised I don't taste the like the lactose sugar, the the lactose. You, I mean, lactose is gonna add a little bit of sweetness, but mostly that's what makes it feel so thick. Yeah, that you think mouth? that's what that's what's adding the, that yeah, coating that, on the inside there. The, yeah, the, that, that's one of the, the main s- reasons why lactose is added to the beer. I mean, it does give a little bit of sweetness, but it's nowhere near as sweet as you know uh, sucrose. Right. I mean, I'm just thinking of the only other time that I've really experienced lactose in a beer is with milk stouts, and it doesn't have that kind of. When you said the lactose in there, and you went, "Ooh," I was like, "Oh, maybe it'll kind of have that." that milk stouty kind of sweetness to it in there and it doesn't have that no i mean the sweetness is there but with the spices and the tea it's just uh it's lost my tongue yeah. is almost sizzling like i can sort of feel the, the spice in my mouth yeah it's like almost like hot wings but not not something that hurts but you know how you have a hot wing and it grows a little and it grows a little as you're eating it and then maybe five minutes after you've eaten it you still kind of have it yeah, See, but the difference between this and hot, like, so that that's an apt sort of uh, comparison. But uh, the thing about hot wings is they release dopamine in my brain, and this does not. <laughs> it's a very, it's a very good point. Um, yeah, this is this is one of those conundrums for me. I'm not sure exactly yeah. if I like it, if I don't like it. I'm not sure. Um, I mean, I'm, I had two or three sips, and I don't really feel the need to finish the glass and so i think that kind of says how i feel about it well it's pretty much the only way you're getting anymore so i would get on it yeah <laughs> thanks man all right i see how it is we've gotten a little sassy here we give we give justin a couple beers and starts getting sassy on this oh yeah that's what happens when he's the man that sits by the computer and and does our uh, technical wizardry um is there um you guys have any other comments on the the uh, chai of the tiger no the, the last beer of the flight. I think we're uh, ready to circle back around and give our ratings for the beers. All right. So, um, first one we had today was the um, Bricktoberfest. Um, if you guys don't mind, I'll get started with the the Bricktoberfest. I thought it was really good. Um, I like the flavors of it. I'm gonna go with a growler on the. Um, I'm sorry, not not a growler, a bomber on the Bricktoberfest. I'm with you. Yeah, it's a bomber for me. Uh, a couple of glasses of that, and I'm good. But yeah, uh, I don't know that I want a whole growler. I think it's a. I think it's a. You know, it's a solid. Like, hey, I. You know, I'm hanging out. I think I want to have two of these beers. Maybe while watch, sitting around watching some football games. Like, maybe I want that for you know for the first game, for the early game, and then I'll I'll switch up to something else for the late game. But, but I'd I'd go back and drink it again, or you know, if I saw it on, on the shelf, I might grab one. I definitely enjoyed it. Um, as I mentioned, is when we were discussing the beer, the the hop on the back, kind of like a weird thing for me. It's almost like when you were saying earlier, I sipped it, I liked it, it was interesting, and then when I took more, and I had more of that on the back end, that more of that bitterness, it wasn't quite as pleasing. But I, I would have a pint. Okay, I'm in the the pint category. I feel like right after I'd have a pint, I probably would be done with that style, that type of flavor. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a. I don't think it's an overly complicated beer. But I don't think it really needs to be. No. It is what it is, and it's a it presents itself, and either you like it or you're not as huge a fan of it, and that's it. And you know what? That's perfectly fine, and I'm, I'm happy with it here. Onward to n- numero dos. Right. The squash buckler. 
Justin, what, what are your opinions on that? I liked it a lot. It was, uh, like I said, improving over the leaf pile is definitely a big deal to me. And I feel like that gave it that little bit of extra sweetness I would look for um, in a fall beer. And I would go, uh, I'd probably go Growler on that one. I could probably have throw back a few of those, maybe both of the games, maybe 1 p.m. and 4 p.m., and then I miss the 8 p.m. game. Because you're passed out. I mean, after my profound love song to Leaf Pile last week, I would feel horrible rating this on the same level, but I really want to, but I don't want to call it a keg. I don't want the whole keg, but I think it's a fantastic beer, and it's – Maybe maybe I'm double fisting growlers on that one. I'm, I'm going to go with that. I'm, it's going to be a growler. Maybe I get a second one to stash in the back of the fridge because it's really tasty. The flavor profile is fantastic. Gives that little extra sweetness with the honey, and it doesn't sit heavy. Like I I like it. If we can get pictures of Kevin double fisting the growlers, they will be in the show notes. Okay. I'll, I can see if I can make that happen for you. I'm with both of you guys. That's a growler for me. Uh I would definitely enjoy a couple of glasses of that, but I also know I'd need to share with my wife. So uh, that's why it's a growler and not a bomber, because... Because <laughs> she would steal half your bomber. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, thankfully, my wife usually likes the ciders a little more than the, the beer, so I can usually ward her off by handing her a, a cider and be like, all right, here you go, honey, that's this, and uh, ooh, this beer is over here. Don't worry, you won't really like it. <laughs> So, uh, lastly, we've got the Chai of the Tiger, which probably the best name out of the bunch. What are our thoughts on that? Personally, Chai of the Tiger did not really do it for me. Um, I appreciate it for the attempt that it is. I like the smell of it. I think I thought the nose was really good, and the initial flavor was pretty good but as it sat there in my mouth with the mouthfeel kind of being coating my tongue and coating the inside of my cheeks and then that little bit of tea bitterness in there I I can't really go more than a taster like I think that's just where I want to be on this I just I just I'm happy I tried it and I might even have a second taste but I really I didn't even finish the, gl- the glass that I poured out like it just didn't do it for me. Yeah, I mean, I was really looking forward to tasting this one because I've had a uh, a cider. I forget the the name of the meadery that produces it, but it's called the Dude's Rug for any Lebowski fans out there. The Dude Does we, Abide. Yeah, we, I was just going to say we do abide. <laughs> but uh, I, I really like that cider, and so I was really looking forward to trying this beer. And uh, I don't maybe it's too much chai in there. But the, the, the stringency just turns me off, and it's the, I'm good with the tasting and no more. This is unanimous. It's definitely a tasting for me yeah. as well. Um, I have all the same issues that you gentlemen did. It, it, I hate I hate pooping on the beer because I love the fact that it's something interesting and something that we, I, at least I haven't seen anywhere else, especially on Long Island. And as much as I, I really you know, I like the guy who does the brewing there, especially since he uh, gave such wonderful remarks to, uh, to Mark as we had uh, – <laughs> I haven't mentioned the last episode, but um, I, yeah, tasting it's gonna be it's gonna be a one. I'm glad it exists. I just don't want it to exist in my mouth. Well, the thing is, Mark, you mentioned the chi- the um, the dude's rug, and I tried that one also, and that was really nice. That one, what that cider was 
was a good cider, and then you just had that little bit of the chai spices in there to add a little bit of the flavor to it to yeah, accentuate it. it. it just kind of cut the – it cut through the sweetness a little bit. At right, the end and added a layer of flavor. But we also tried um, – in, in passing one night, we tried the, the Blue Moon chai. Right. And I thought that one was – I liked that one even less. It, to me, it tasted like I was drinking an air fre- like a, a holiday air freshener. It was so it was so spicy, and just really not pleasing in any way, shape, or form to me. Yeah, it, uh, it was. The only way I can describe that one was weird. Yeah, I, I actually it was so weird that what I tasted, I had to go open a bottle and try it like out of the bottle to make sure that someone didn't do something to it. Right, I, I didn't try to roofie you. It's okay. <laughs> I I was hoping, but you've broken my heart. I mean, I think I think chai beer is something that has potential, but this just isn't the way I want it to be. Yeah, I, I think it's just a little too much. That being said, um, I would love my wife to try it because she loves chai tea. I don't know if you guys do, but she's like goes berserk for it, so maybe she would like it. So you we, can take the rest of the growler home with you. I knew that was coming, and I was just about to say I'm not <laughs> taking the growler with me. <laughs> well, you know, they um, – I th- you know, it's a shame. Again, I think we're all kind of shared uh, Justin's sentiment that we'll appreciate that they're trying to do something different with it. And fantastic name, but not a beer that's really that great in our view. Well, kind of along the same lines of beers that maybe other people don't necessarily think are the greatest things ever, but maybe they agree. <laughs> maybe they're happy they exist. Spicy beers are something that both Mark and I are really passionate about. And, um, Mark is brewing. I'd like to say I'm helping him, but really I stand over him and kind of clap when he does things. <laughs> yeah. I provide I provide some some of the ingredients maybe and then attempt to learn something along the way, but we're brewing a blueberry chili beer. What chili we don't know yet. Right. Yeah, they so we we brewed the uh the beer last week and we're actually souring it as well. So the primary fermentation has ended at this point and it's uh about 50-50 split between barley and rye, and then we've got some uh, aromatic and some Vienna malt in there for a uh, little bit of character. Didn't you throw a little oatmeal in there, too, just because you had it? Uh, no, so there is a pound of oats in there because oh. if we're souring it to get some extra po- protein for the mouthfeel, and then I threw a pound of wheat in there. Because oh, that, that's it. what it yeah, was. It was. I happen to be by on, on brew day also, and... I my role was maybe a third of a step above Justin's because I got to hand mark the mesh pedal or stir the mesh like once or twice like you know or, or little little things like that. But he he's really the expert. But I just want to comment on the grain, the spent grain afterwards when we after we drained it was everything. Tasty. Out, it was delicious. I wanted to. Ju- I should have just instead of dumping it. I really should have just put it in a bowl and just started eating it because it was so good. Just to reiterate how good it was, we were literally eating it off of a compost pile. <laughs> that's that's true. Literally, it was on the top of the pile. So I mean, it, it was still clean and there wasn't bugs on it yet. But it was really good. We wouldn't have cared. Yeah, I mean the the wildlife enjoyed it as well because all of it disappeared off the compost by the next day. Yeah, I'm sure the local squirrels and raccoons and other things went to town over there. So that you know, that's what we've got brewing right now. Uh, I What's the ETA on that? Is that how long does that need to sour? I'm, it's it's probably going to be like a six monther. Really? That yeah. long? Oh my god, I'm so sad right now. 
Justin just died. Like if you could see Justin's eyes, he just he just looked like you you punched a puppy and and told him Christmas was canceled. I know sour beer is taking a long time, and it's going to be totally worth it. But along the way, one thing I'm looking forward to is figuring out which chili we're gonna we're gonna do. I forget what the process is called, but we're essentially gonna put chilies in vodka. Yeah, we're it's we're making tinctures from various chilies, and then we're going to uh, you know use an eyedropper to dose tastings of the finished beer with the blueberry in it to decide which chili beers we think complement it most. One of the cool things is that um, both Mark and I grow um, produce and stuff, and we have a bunch of hot peppers, and we're going to use our own peppers from our own garden to uh, for the beer, hopefully. I mean, if we have a kind that tastes good with the beer. I didn't realize that you guys had planned to use the peppers that you were growing. I, I really like that. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm still also going to do one with, like, some anchos. Because okay. I like anchos. I know they're not the hottest, but maybe we'll end up mixing that with the. Now, anchos usually have a little bit of smokiness to them. Do you think you might try a smoked kind of beer or replicate something similar to that sense? I like the smoke, a little bit of smokiness in there is not something I would be opposed to. Uh, Definitely, I need to at some point make a full on Rouch beer, which is, you know, smoked beer because I enjoy them and, you know, they're hard to sell, so you don't find many commercial yeah, it, examples. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it. That's one of those really niche flavors. Like you gotta, you, you gotta. Do, it's usually done in small runs, and you gotta find the right group to to really go after those beers. Or no mark. Yeah, that's the moral story. So I'm I'm super excited to see how that comes out. Six months from now, I'm probably gonna forget we did anything. So <laughs> you're gonna have to remind me that we did this. <laughs> yeah, it's and. That maybe maybe we uh if that guy comes out maybe we uh bring it on and we just let people know of how how good or no nah, it's gonna be good I'm not worried about it we're, you know how it how it tastes and then uh let them come knocking at your door at some right. point if I ever actually attempt to brew anything myself which would probably be a uh, piss poor attempt then we could have a uh, three way with uh, you brewing something and me brewing something and Mark brewing something. <laughs> I don't think Kevin appreciated by uh, double entendre. No, they're almost as good at puns. That's fantastic. (laughs) All right, boys. If we're again, if we're reaching the point where we're getting a double entendres, or since it's a three-way triple entendre, it might be time to call it quits for the day. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm good. All right. Thanks everybody for listening, and uh, hope to hear from you soon. Thanks for joining us on this beer testing voyage. If you enjoyed Beertastic Voyage, please be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and don't forget to review and rate us. The guys can be found online at www.beertasticvoyage.com, on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash beertasticvoyage, and Twitter and Instagram at beertasticshow, or send them a good old-fashioned email at beertasticvoyage at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and cheers for local beers. <laughs>